0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Shaping Spirit Podcast.
1: Uh, My name is Cyril Warrer. My name is Brian Roig. And we are just a couple of California guys who collected a bunch of academic degrees studying spirituality all over the world, bringing it right back here to you. And Cyril, what is the topic of the day?
0: The topic of the day is building our spiritual muscles. I
1: love that. Tell me more. Well...
0: How much do we actually have to put effort into a spiritual, you know, practice, right? Mm -hmm. Over and above just having a certain, let's say, belief or worldview about the universe or about consciousness or about this or that. That's kind of like the main question. Do you follow?
1: (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. I'd love to uh, just... Talk to me about that. Like give me some well, you know, guidance here.
0: I I'd like to bring it back to you know to the simple discussion on you know that we often hear in, in Christian circles, you know, faith versus uh, works, you mm-hmm. know. And for those who don't know, it's really simple, you know. There's this tension. Some some Christian authorities or leaders would say, "No, it's all about faith. You know, you just have to have faith." For example, in Jesus. But this, you know, the, the principle here we're, uh, we're talking about universal principles of spirituality. So, you know, you can you can um, parenthesis out the fact that you know it's it's a Christian context. It applies to all contexts. But so this tension between, on the one side, just having some sort of faith or belief in a savior or in a particular whatever worldview or scripture or and then on the other side of the parrot, of, of, of the, you know, of, of the, of the, whatever, <laughs> the, I always miss that word. Uh, what am I looking for? You know, that word when you have two, you have two ends of a spectrum. Thank you. So on the other side of the spectrum, you've got the idea that, you know, it's only by doing a particular type of meditation or a particular type of prayer or doing a particular type of pious activity or doing good or, you know, acts, actions. Actions And that's how you, you know, get your, your, your salvation or your spiritual realization or your, you know, your, yeah, your, your whatever, liberation and so on and so on. So where does a, you know, someone from LA or New York or, or, or Kansas City in 2023 who's starting out, you know, his or her sort of quest for, for a, a, a deeper spiritual dimension in his or her life, where does he or she situate himself or herself along that, you know, that that spectrum? What what do you reckon?
1: Well, I, I think it's uh, you have to start small. Uh, so I will start to equate it with fitness training because it's something that I have a lot of experience with. Back in the day, I was a you know certified personal trainer. And all this, I, you know, I teach martial arts, so. I think it's a lot. A lot of it is about baby steps, and you have to, you know, split it into different categories. When you look at, you know, physical fitness training, you have your cardiovascular training, you have your stretches, you know, flexibility training, you have your weight training, strength training. So you have to kind of bucket things, I think, and kind of get some perspective and go, okay, well, where do I start? How am I going to build these spiritual muscles? Uh, and
0: why, yeah. why would you want to build your spiritual muscles or stretch
1: them? Well, it's like anything else, right? You, <laughs> If you wanna grow, you have to have a strong foundation. And the only way you can have a strong foundation is building those muscles. You know, you don't wanna be like a lifeless blob. You know, you, you see these, these these people that they sit on the couch all day, eating Doritos and bonbons or whatever, <laughs> watching television and they're just, you know, lifeless blobs. There's no life. So in order to kind of gain real life, real life comes from spiritual depth and spiritual cultivation. So you got to start somewhere. And, you know, if, if you can go to the gym and have a personal trainer, you should be able to have some kind of personal trainer when it comes to spiritual exercise and spiritual development. And I think finding the right personal trainer is a big challenge. So a lot of times mm-hmm. you just have to kind of get in a good group, find a couple of people that are interested in developing their spiritual muscles as well and start small. Like, you know, I don't know, I, I recently, get this, I recently joined a group that focuses on breath work. So okay. they have like this, we have like this little Zoom meeting twice a week uh, in the morning and we've been working on like breath and the power of breath. And I thought that was fascinating. And I'll tell you, in just doing two sessions, I feel a difference in terms of being more connected, being more centered, and it's actually helped my spiritual practice tremendously. Mm -hmm. So starting with something like that, maybe just starting with breath work and starting with how, how to be present, you know, I think are key components in terms of building spiritual muscles. You brought in a second point,
0: which is interesting. And that's the idea of, um, you know, building one's spiritual muscles in the context of a congregation, in the context of a group, mm-hmm. right? Um, a fellowship. You know, there's these different synonyms for the same concept. So I think there's something to be said about that. You know, no no man is an island. I don't know who said that. Who said that? Do you know? No man is an island. You know, some famous writer, yeah, said, I, I "No man is an true. island." Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think, in a similar way, we could make the argument that no spiritualist or no spiritually, you know, yeah, no spiritual person, you know, in the modern digital whatever society we live in, is is an island. In other words, it, it gets it becomes hard. Like in my personal, you know, experience, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I like my you know isolation and being alone. Like right now, for example, I'm talking as you know, but our readers may, our hearers may not. I'm I'm in the middle of this jungle in Tulum, Mexico, and on in this like beautiful little sort of cottage, and uh, really clean and, and in the middle of the jungle. And well, fortunately, I have internet, so we can do this this thing. But and I like it because there's no one around. There's no neighbors. It's just trees and birds and and, and crickets outside. Um, but I know that, you know, I can't just do this solo program forever, just not only on a sort of social human level, but on a spiritual level too. You know, my, my spiritual practice, um, and I would say yours perhaps also has sort of a a dual dimension. Like, you know, there's a, there's a sort of a one-on-one with the divine, you know, which you do sort of do alone. And then there's a, you know, one one with many others, and the divine altogether. Um, whether it's doing breath work or whether it's doing you know Zen meditation or or whatever you know mantra chanting or whatever it is, um, something is to be said about the strength that comes from having fellowship. Would you Would you agree?
1: To an extent, yes. And I'll, I'll kind of share with you where maybe I would kind of push back on that a little bit. Um, in my Business life side of things. We we've repeatedly had to t- over the years take these tests where they try and fit you into different categories. What type of person are you? And, you know, are you like the social animal? Are you this type of person that needs a lot of interaction? I I every time I do this test, I get the exact same results. I'm what's called the lone wolf. So <laughs> <laughs> I I'm very independent. I'm very independent minded. I like doing things how I like doing them. I like doing them on, on my own. That being said, I don't mind. And I enjoy a certain degree of social interaction when it comes to my s- spiritual growth and spiritual development. But for me, it has to be very small circles. I am not a fan of big congregations. You cannot get... I. It is it makes my skin crawl going into big festival situations or going into a big religious institutional like church or temple or something but You would not like I don't to like go that. to
0: a to a Hillsong, uh sunday morning service in new york city with this dope modern worship music
1: nah it's it's just it's just not for me i uh, you know but I, I appreciate what people do i can't I'm not a fan of like, all of a sudden there's like a thousand people around me sitting and bowing down or just doing whatever. That's just not my vibe. Um, I understand how it fills a lot of people up. They feel the need to have a bunch of people around them, but I don't need, here's the thing. Here's where, what it comes down to. I personally do not need validation from others in order to, uh, have my personal spiritual development and build my spiritual muscles. And I think a lot of times when people are in a group, they do that, number one, because they have very little faith or weak faith, right? Like you're talking about faith versus works. And then the other part of that, I feel like they don't put in the action, the individual action, they don't put the self work in to develop their own spiritual self worth. And I think that that's critical. You know, because when I'm going to the gym, like, dude, I train six days a week, seven days a week, okay? I'm in the gym lifting weights in the morning. I'm teaching, you know, martial arts at night. So I'm always engaged in all this activity. When I go to the gym, I go by myself. Once in a while, a friend of mine, uh, you know, he comes with me or I meet him there. But, boy, sometimes he's a pain in the butt because he talks too much. And I just want to (laughs) train. So for me... I, a lot of times, I'm very much like, "I just want to be in the zone, I want to just crank my metal really loud when I'm, when I'm training, and I just want to do my thing." Other people are like, "No, I need that group environment." I just, you know.
0: But when you say you want to do your thing, that that comes back to this point of you know stretch you are literally like physically stretching or building your muscles, right? right. And so can we come back to that question about, because you know, I mean, just like, okay you had a, you had a shot at. at you know what you call them, who sit on their sofa watching TV and eating <laughs> Just like Doritos. A lifeless blob. <laughs> okay, you call them blobs. So let me let me have a a go here. You know, with all the respect to you know Dorito eating blobs, and what I call sort of like sentimental, <clears throat> yeah, sentimental kind of like show off, but not very yeah show off kind of shallow shallow spirituality. You often hear, you know, yeah, I'm really spiritual, you know, like. <laughs> Right, I go to bhakti fast, you know, like and it's cool. I mean, it's good, you know any 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 sort of attitude towards the the divine or towards spirituality in general is I would say you know five billion times you know to the tenth million power better than you know being I don't know, an avowed physicalist who, who doesn't believe that consciousness is 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 something beyond you know the interaction of of protons and neurons in the brain. Um, But still there's this, you often see it, this sort of like cheap, you know, spirituality where like, yeah, I'm I'm really spiritual. I'm really spiritual. I'm really spiritual. (laughs) Um, But then like, what do you do? Like out of your 24 hours, you know, how many of those minutes or those hours are dedicated to exclusively, well, coming to the theme of of today's podcast, building your spiritual muscles, like doing something,
1: right? I I think... You know, what it comes down to is you have to get, number one, I think you have to get organized. And I highly suggest anybody who is listening, right, for all of our listeners, try this. Number one, get yourself some type of goal planner or an activity planner, like a planner book. You can get it at a bookstore, get it on Amazon or whatever. Start writing your goals and your intentions. You have to set your intentions for the day first thing in the morning.
0: Do you do that? Out of yeah. curiosity. I have it for I have it for the
1: week, I have it for the month, I have it for the day. I, I set my really? intention every morning. And you write it yeah. down? A lot wow. of times I have stuff the night before that I have ready to go. Sometimes I have it on a physical piece of paper. Sometimes I just have it in my calendar. It pops up right on my phone. Um, so I know, okay, boom, here's what I'm doing. Boom, 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 boom. So I already know. My first thing is I have my, like we, we've talked about before, I have my five minutes in the morning. So my five minutes of my personal spiritual meditation in the morning, that's what gets me going to meet the day. Uh, I think another thing you have to do is start picking spiritual literature that resonates with you, not what resonates with your friend or your cousin or your spouse, what resonates with you. And that that is incredibly important because we don't want to have what I would call spiritual peer pressure. And what spiritual peer pressure is, is somebody saying to you, oh, well, you just got to check out this, or like people like this book called The Four Agreements, or uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Look, I, I, I couldn't get through five minutes of that guy's audio book. It had like these little bells ringing. I didn't like his voice. I don't care what the message was supposed to be. It turned me off. And you have... Tons of people going, oh, this is the greatest treasure ever. Not for me. <laughs> so you have to have enough um uh, to use a, a self-confidence. Yeah, self-confidence. I'll use a old Yiddish term. You have to have enough of your own personal chutzpah, which means your own personal self self-identification, to be like, no, that's not what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read this book. Right? So if it's if it's something like, you know, you want to read the Quran, read the Quran. Or if there's some Sufi mystic that had a special book. There's actually a Sufi mystic that had a book that came out. I gotta look at it. I saved it on Amazon that I plan on buying for myself. It looked really cool. If you want to read the Bhagavad Gita, read the Bhagavad Gita. Whatever that spiritual book is. If you want to read the Tibetan book of the dead, you do that. I don't care if all of your friends say you're crazy for reading that. Why would you want to read that? That's so boring. You should read you know, uh, the Stephen Hawkins, Origin of the Universe. Bullshit. You pick the book that works for you. Do not succumb to spiritual peer pressure. And ultimately, if you can find some kind of guide, right, or some kind of spiritual personal trainer that can get you where you need to go, and you can kind of consider us, right? We're not we're not saying here, give us $500 a month and we'll train you up spiritually. But kind of look at this Shaping Spirit podcast, with you know, we're doing here as like kind of like your basic spiritual personal trainers, right? We're trying to get you motivated to find your path, develop your path and root yourself. That's key. How are you going to root yourself? This is by starting with the basics to build your spiritual muscles. You have to have good roots to order in order to build that foundation to grow spiritually, right? And protect it thoughts.
0: You touched on a really important point. This thing about, I mean, you touched on two points. You know, the, the the main point you made about you know being yourself and gravitating to what really touches you in the heart, regardless of peer pressure, is fantastic. But the other point that you mentioned just at the, just before that is so fundamental. It's so fundamental, and that is you got to feed your soul with you know with wisdom, with divine wisdom, because <clears throat> we're we're constantly you know, uh, we're constantly interacting our senses, our mind, and therefore our consciousness is always interacting with, with matter, right? Through, through, you know, whether it's the eyes or the ears or the nose or touch and, or especially ears and, 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 and and eyes. And so we're, we're, we're consuming, we're daily, we're consuming info, data, right? And, and in order for us as souls or as spiritual conscious, you know, units of, of spiritual consciousness to be, to be healthy, mm-hmm. to be healthy, to use that analogy that you use of, of building one's spiritual muscles. Um, <clears throat> you gotta make sure to, uh, to feed that consciousness, spiritual you know, stuff, spiritual info, spiritual data. You know, you know that analogy of the bird? I mean, it's, it's a simple analogy, but I think it's really deep. The analogy of the bird and the cage which one? You know the one where there's there's some guy or some woman who buys a, a bird and, and you know the bird's in the cage and then you know the person like spends all day like cleaning the cage and making it shine and you know like like really making it beautiful, like only focusing on the cage, mm. right? And forgetting to feed the oh. bird inside. Right. Oh. And then the bird like one day just drops dead. Cause you didn't like, you, you just focused on the freaking cage and not the actual, you know, person, you know, be him, be, be he or she a bird who was inside the cage.
1: That's cool. You know what? I've never so heard unless, that. I love right? that. That's cool. Hmm. Huh.
0: Yeah. We gotta, we, so you I know really what? Wanna, we gotta sit with that for yeah. a second
1: because that's pretty intense, man. And, and you're right. We, we. Collectively as a society, we are so bewildered by everything that's going on around us. This material consumption, the news, and all this chaos, and the the polarization. If you're living in the United States from one political party to the other, and this news channel to this news channel, and all this nonsense, when ultimately none of it matters, and none of it's going to help you develop spiritually. None of it getting sucked into the chaos of conflict, the chaos of conflict is going to drag you down into such a low level where you're gonna become agitated by everyone and everything to the point where you're so sensitive that, no, 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 this is wrong, no, 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 you didn't fe- you're not doing the same thing I'm doing. No, you, we have to be rooted right and i think that, that that analogy that you just brought us is just, it's it's brilliant i've never heard that before and that wow that just knocked my socks off man thank you for that <laughs> well thank you
0: yeah i mean I, I i quoted it because you know you you brought up this point of of having you know of, of stretching or building your your spiritual muscles precisely by you know reading like you literally talked about books mm-hmm. you know reading mm-hmm um spiritual topics, spiritual books <laughs> or hearing. And you know, yeah. We can make a little ad for this Shaping Spirit podcast. You will get spiritually strong by listening <laughs> to the
1: Shaping Spirit Podcast. We're your spiritual personal trainers, guys. And we, uh, we are your yeah. spiritual and guess what? what, we, what we've talked about before, and I want I do want to reiterate this point is um spirituality is free. So if somebody's saying, "Hey, if you give me a thousand dollars a month, I'm going to teach you how to be spiritual," please kick him in the face and run away, run, 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 run as fast as you can, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's bogus, man. That that is absolutely bogus. You want to buy a book? Go buy a book. Okay. If you want to buy a DVD or get a lecture or subscribe to a, a you know some person's lecture, or you want to donate to somebody who who you think has really helped others and you know and you want to help other people great but if somebody's telling you and hoodwinking you, hey for X amount of dollars I'm gonna make you spiritual please that is the that is one of the biggest cons you could ever run into. wouldn't you agree yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah absolutely.
0: Yeah, and and there's 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 definitely a lot of examples even in the you know the 21st or late 20th and 21st centuries of, of so-called spiritual leaders from you know whether it's a judeo-christian background or whether it's an Asian background um, who totally took advantage of of you know innocent people um, by by stealing money from them in the name of, of, of spiritual knowledge whether it's you know selling some secret mantra that's, you know, really, really expensive and that you're not supposed to share with anyone. And when you finally do, you realize, oh my God, I have, you know, I, I got the same one also. <laughs> or whether it's, you know, some leaders of a mega church who, who justifies, you know, taking tons of money from, from his flock to, to buy some, not just one, but, you know, many like private jet planes, yeah. you know. I mean, the list is long, yeah.
1: right? Have you ever seen the show Curb Your Enthusiasm? With Larry David? Okay. Do you know who Larry David is? Well, thanks for putting me on the spot, but no, I don't. Well, a lot of people don't. So you've heard of the show Seinfeld, right? It was a very popular show in the 90s. Okay. So Larry David was the creator of Seinfeld, the show with Jerry Seinfeld. So years later, he created a, a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm. And here's the reason for the setup with this. There's one episode where... He, he, uh, he and his friend are arguing over, uh, like a, a special spiritual mantra that one of them bought. And he's like, Hey, I need it because I I gotta, I gotta cure something in my life. I need, I need to borrow your mantra. He's like, no, no, no. I paid this money. I, I, you can't have it. And so he's practicing the mantra and he's practicing and he's like doing all this stuff, thinking it's good. Then he finds out from his friend that the mantra that this guy paid for means fuck you. And he says, I've been saying, or no, he's, it says, fuck me. It says like, it's saying, fuck me, fuck me. He's like, fuck me? No, fuck you, after he finds out what it is. So yeah, please, you buying this, some mantra, you don't know what the hell it really is. Unless you're going to somebody who's an expert in that language and an expert in that in that art and study in that particular spiritual path, guess what? They're gonna give it to to people. They're not gonna charge you money for it. And again, that's a fraud.
0: Well, let me ask you, let me me kind of play the devil's advocate, but it's not totally the devil's advocate because I I would say there's some validity in what I'm going to propose right now. What about the argument that it is not, it's not unhealthy. It's not weird. It's not, you know, dangerous to sacrifice a little bit of your money for a spiritual cause. I mean, and and Mm -hmm. what comes to mind, for example, is the age old, age old, age old tradition of fighting, that you find in the Christian world, yeah. right? Every member of a congregation, you know, gives X dollars to the church, yeah. right? Yeah. To, the, to the so, you know, well, like, every, what's to be said about religious that?
1: Tradition does it. Well, that that's a different. That's a whole different matter, right? That's that that's something where, like, okay, what we've talked about before: religion versus spirituality. You know, that's your flavor. And if it's something where, like, okay, you feel like contributing to this particular religious organization and it's fulfilling you spiritually, that's that's a different story altogether because you're contributing to the success of the mission, right, the success of the distribution. It's not like, hey, I got a special secret mantra for you. You know, give me $5,000 and then I'll let you have it, but don't tell anybody what it was. That, I think, is different. So what you're saying, you know, donations to a church and, you know, wherever you go, Helping out, giving stuff like that—that's a—that's a different thing altogether, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't really think that's a devil's advocate thing. I think it's more just a clarification to my point. I'm just saying there's a lot of con artists out there that can, consider themselves spiritual beings and say, "I'm going to save you. Come up on stage, give me a thousand dollars. I'm going to whack you with my coat over your head, and magically the devil's going right. to come out of you." You know, or <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Or, or you have, like, like I said, you know, guys that say, like, they take like these stories and they go, I, I came out of the desert and I had these special realizations and I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I'm healing people with cancer now. And guess what? I can make you a millionaire. All you have to do is study with me, give me all your money, and I'm going to make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. This is what I'm talking about. Maybe one we way we'll do a, might... a, a podcast on spiritual con artists. That might be kind of fun. That would be cool.
0: My dad, you know, my dad grew up as a, he grew up in a, in a French colony in Egypt, mm-hmm. right? Cause his parents worked there and he grew up with the Jesuits. And, um, and, and his whole life, he was sort of an, agno- an agnostic, you know, leaning more towards the physicalist paradigm. And, um, and, you know, being French, he was always sort of fascinated by pop American culture. Mm-hmm. And he was always like. As I grew up, I always remember he would like be literally. He would be fascinated by watching like televangelists, you know, <laughs> telling you know, for example, you know, like put your hand on the on the TV screen yeah. right now, <laughs> right now, and then you know, and, and dial eight hundred, you know, whatever, give to give to the church, yeah. and you'll see, you'll see, you know. But let me ask you this. Um, coming back to the well no not coming back but continuing with this theme of of building muscles and and you're more experienced than I am way more like you actually worked out and everything i i don't unfortunately I like to walk a lot, but I don't do more than than I think I should anyway um I mean I don't do enough um but you know when when you when you when you correct me if I'm wrong when you build muscle you 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 put like a certain amount of weight for example on the um, on the weights right and it's just like it's just below your threshold it's, it's like there's a there's a there's a sort of a sweet spot where you're you're hurting right but you're not damaging yourself but there's got to be like you're at no pain no gain there's got to be some sort of some sort of effort right where 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 things are actually happening correct me if I'm yeah. wrong
1: so there's a variety of different ways to grow muscles physically, right? Or to become physically strong. Some people use calisthenics and just do body weight exercises. You can have progressive resistance loads. So meaning you can do heavier weights, lower repetitions. Exactly. Higher higher repetitions, lower weights. I kind of do a mix of everything, but yeah, you have to push yourself a little bit.
0: So that's exactly what I'm getting at. The idea of pushing yourself—I mean, I, I really would like to—that sentence, you know, push yourself, you know, in a healthy, holistic way—to be the theme of today's podcast, at least for me, you know—that in in a healthy, you know, context, you know, healthy context, you should push yourself. So, if that means you know, watching less, you know, irrelevant social media and spending a little bit more time reading scripture, whatever it may be. Whether it means, you know, maybe going to bed a half hour earlier so you can wake up a half hour earlier and spend that half hour meditating or praying, right? Or whether it means, you know, cutting down on the amount of cigarettes you smoke because, you know, it's not good for your health, you know, and even spiritual health, we could argue. Um, That type of healthy pushing yourself, which is what we do in the gym, I think is really, really important.
1: Yeah, it is. And... You know, to that point, uh, I dovetail a a little bit because I've seen people fall where they give up on their spiritual path or their spiritual development because they push themselves too hard. So the key, I think, when we are building our spiritual muscles is to push ourselves where it motivates us to continue.
0: Hmm. Right? Long-term, long-term. We
1: got to play the long game here.
0: We are the long yeah, totally. Long, this is the long this is the lifetime game. <laughs> this is a game lifetime. Game here, not just six yeah, months. This
1: is a lifetime game. So we how when we're playing the long game of spiritual development and spiritual spiritual growth, building these spiritual muscles, you cannot it's just like somebody going to the gym, lifting weights, going home, looking in the mirror, going, Well, my muscles didn't grow. No, but look at yourself in a year. Right? So this right. is why we always have to check in with ourselves, have our contemplation and our spiritual reflection so that we see our growth over time. It's not that all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I, I, I'm so wise now. Look how much I've grown spiritually. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, don't I'm so profound. Yeah. It's not that I think one of the key things in terms of your spiritual growth and building your base is humility. Hmm, right? So the more you grow spiritually, I believe the more humble you become and you start to realize, wow, I don't know anything. Wow, I need more guidance. You know, that's the one
0: quality you can't can't brag about.
1: Exactly. (laughs) You can't brag about. I just want to let you know know, I'm I'm a really humble person. You look like a complete asshole (laughs) if you do. You walk into a room and go, oh, I'm so humble. I I remember, I remember, just funny joke really quick. Well, it's a funny story. So this woman... Uh, years ago, she didn't like the fact that I was a vegetarian. And I was at this, uh, I'll save the details, but I was at this dinner party and I shouldn't have even been at this dinner party, but unfortunately I was uh, obligated to be at this particular dinner party with these people. And she's talking about how this Buddhist monk was so humble, cause she, she was just nut- n- just constantly nagging and nudging at me that I'm a vegetarian and how I was so arrogant for not eating barbecue because I don't want to put animal flesh in my body. I'm arrogant. So she said, and this Buddhist monk, he was so humble that he would eat whatever anybody gave him, even though he was a vegetarian. So when people gave him a steak, he ate it because he was so humble. I go, that's not humility. That's stupid. <laughs> I go, that's just that's just being a dumbass. And she's like, well, how could you say something like that? Okay. I go, let me just shift it on you. If I handed you a bowl of shit, would you eat it because you're humble? And she's like, no, how could you say something like that? Well, to me, you put a bowl of steak in front of my face is just the same as eating a bowl of shit. So, no, I'm going to defend myself. And it has nothing to do, at that point, it has nothing to do with humility. It has to do with you insulting my values. I'm not pushing my values on you. You know, don't say to me that a Buddhist monk was so humble because he decided to eat a bowl of shit. Because if I handed you a bowl of shit right now, you would be offended. So, you know, we we have to understand, like I I was saying at the beginning of of the podcast, when we are developing our spiritual muscles, we cannot succumb to peer pressure. Okay, this is very important. This is why a lot of times there's this, a lot of it, huh? There's a lot of it. There's a lot of peer pressure in everything we do from the time we're children all the way through adulthood. You work a corporate job, you have a bunch of corporate assholes around you, be like us, be like us. Well, that's not our corporate culture. You can't say that. You can't be that. Fuck you. Pardon my language, but I'll be who I am whenever I want. So this 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 sense of oh, well, you have to be like us, otherwise you are inferior to us. No, sorry, I reject that categorically. And in developing our spiritual muscles, you have to have that durability. You have to have that belief in yourself, that faith in, in, in your mission, your personal mission, your personal growth to build that spiritual strength to kind of look yeah. at everybody and say whoever's with me you can join me. If you want if you don't want to join me, you're not with me. Get the hell out of my way. Right? And for
0: that, you got to be convinced that, you know, the spiritual side of your life, the spiritual dimension of your life that parallels your career and your relationships and your money and your tax paying and your you know, your artistic life and so on, which all, you know, are spiritual also when they're, you know, connected to to, to to a higher reality, um, that dimension is, is everything for you. It's like, it's everything. It's the most important thing in your life. Yeah. It's the greatest treasure in your life. It's the greatest, you know, like if you're a, a gardener and you've got this, you know, you've got this amazing rose bush and that's like the, you know, the, the, the prized plant in your garden then you know you 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 treasure that rose bush and you you, you water it you protect it you know you you, you give time to it mm-hmm. and so you got to be convinced that you know the spiritual side of your life which which is at the foundation of everything else in your life is really the most important thing in your life
1: yeah it re- yeah. it really is and it, you have to protect that because what, what I have noticed, and you know, I'd love to hear your thought on this, when you start to progress spiritually, even if you don't talk to anybody about it, there's people that will see it. Some will be happy for you. Other people will be envious and they will do totally. everything they can to chop you down. And you want to stay away from those types of vampires, those types of especially psychic when, vampires. Especially Especially when you're
0: coming from either sort of a, uh, you know, the, you know, the category, the nuns, mm-hmm. there, there's this book called um, I forgot, there was this two sociologists of religion. They wrote this pretty seminal book about 10 years ago, where they basically analyzed, you know, religion in America from a sociological point of view. And, you know, you've got the Christians, the Buddhists, the Hindus, the Muslims, the Jews, and, and then you've got this huge growing category of people called the nuns, like N-O-N-E. Like I'm, you know, I'm neither this or neither that. I don't belong to any particular congregation. The nuns and, you know, not N-U-N, like a Catholic nun, a woman in a, in a convent, like a nun, like no specific mm-hmm. affiliation, right? And that category is becoming huge in America and growing, growing yeah. and growing. So when you're coming from that sort of nun background and, you know, you get inspired to to, to become More to become spiritual Mm -hmm. or to become more spiritual, or if you come from a background of a very specific tradition, but then you want to, I don't want to say jump ship, but you want to explore another tradition. Mm -hmm. In both those cases, chances are that you're surrounded, you know, by people who really won't relate to your newfound, you know, inspiration. Absolutely,
1: yeah, it's uh, well, you know, that was that was our old school mentor who did that book, Wade Clark Roof.
0: Yeah, yeah, we both shared this Uh, really cool professor at University of California.
1: Funny funny story guys, Uh, we were actually planning to, we were thinking we should invite him on the podcast and I looked it up and he-
0: Professor Wade Clark Roof. Sadly,
1: he passed away uh, a few years ago and it broke my heart reading that because I was like, man, Clark, he was so funny. And he would have been so good. He would have been so. Pr- I I believe he'd be so proud of us that we're doing this. Mm, you know, that's he, true. He was that's what true. a what a gentleman. What an amazing man. I I I learned so much yeah. from him, and he gave me so much rope. He gave me so much freedom in my in my studies. One of my finals, no joke. Everybody's writing all these papers. He let me write a song, and I literally performed the song <laughs> in front of the whole class at a park. He was like, "All right." No way. All right, Brian. Yeah, you got an A. Don't worry. You know what you're doing, and that's that's just the way he was. Because he never, like, he never ha- just let me do it. have to do it like with the way everybody else was doing it. You know, he just let me kind of roll with roll with it. <laughs> so I got an A in that particular class just by writing a, a, a song about this particular spiritual topic, and that was pretty awesome. What,
0: what you were saying really rang home for me. And I, I sort of I realized just now I've been taking it for granted because you know I've been sort of a, a really spiritual person you know for about thirty years you know, let's say trying to be a spiritual person for thirty years or so and um, and I've you know I've made it a point I have friends in you know in different spe- spheres of society but you know I do like to hang out with other people who are also you know taking their spiritual life seriously mm-hmm. right and I have done so as as, as a matter of, a, of of principle for for the last several decades. But you brought me back when you were just talking five minutes ago. You brought me back to, to 1993 in Paris. I was doing a year abroad uh, th- through through the college I was going to on, on the East Coast, mm. and I wanted to do a year abroad in Paris, at the at the Sorbonne University, and and that's when I started taking my spiritual life seriously. And you, know? you know, I'll spare you the details, but I remember that, you know, I I I started talking to my old friends, you know, from high school, for example. And I was like, dude, like, you know, check this out. Like, you know, and, and yeah, and this is what counts. And, you know, and, and he was like, what are you talking about, man? Like yeah. <laughs> what, you know, I'm I'm, at, I'm in New Haven right now. The parties are great, dude. I'm I I have all these girlfriends and then the pod's great. And I was like, but wait, yeah, but fine. But there's something more. There's something more important. Check this out. And he was like, what are you talking about, man? Like he couldn't relate. Yeah. And I remember my sister, she was like, you know, like, dude, what kind of weirdo have you become? And my stepmom also, I remember, like everyone around me was like, you know, what happened to Cyril? <laughs> and I was like, totally blissed out. Like, oh my God, like, yes, you know, I have direction now. Like, yes, the, the, you know, the, the higher values of life are just clear to me, you know? And And I was, I wouldn't say demonized, but almost, yeah. you know? like ostracized yeah. uh, by a lot, like I would say the large majority of my friends and family.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, well, a lot of my friends, when I started really getting into my spiritual life, it was something very similar. You know, like it first started with a couple of books. A friend of mine had come back from summer and had a book. He's just like, I started reading a couple of pages. I can't make any, any headway on this. And I was kind of like, the group pundit so to speak right i read everything i was a voracious reader so they always appreciated hey dude can you read this and tell us what it means (laughs) of whatever it
0: was (laughs) what's that commercial for the remember yeah um sorry but you you remind me of that commercial from the 1980s about some some uh serial mikey (laughs) (laughs)
1: life so so i read the book and i was laughing and crying through this book he's like well what's wrong? I go, dude, this book right here, this little thing that I was reading. I go, this contains the answers to everything you would ever want to know. He's like, well, read it and just kind of tell me, you know, at the end. So I kind of gave him a synopsis afterwards and it changed personally. It changed my life completely. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, rock and roll chaos in my life. And we'll just leave it at that, that I, I, you know, snapped out of my, uh, you know, behavior pretty quickly. It was like immediate, and then one of my other friends, who's actually a world-famous uh, scientist and lecturer right now, and maybe one of these days we'll figure out how to uh, get him on the podcast or something. But uh, if you look around, you'll, you'll find out who I'm, know who I'm talking about without naming names. He comes up to me one day, he says, "So, because he knew me and, you know, we we're all good friends. He's like, so are you doing all this because you like getting the free food? or are you doing this because you actually like the philosophy? And I was—I looked him dead in the eye and I go, both. <laughs> <laughs> you know, poor college student, I didn't have any money. If I had five bucks to like make it through the week to eat, you know, I was eating beans and rice and just scraps of whatever I could get. But, you know, I was going somewhere where I could get free, free meals. Like, oh my God, I could get a meal? All I need to do is vacuum the rug and hang out and listen to a lecture, and you'll feed me food, and I get to read books? Sign me up, you know? And he looked at me like I was, all of a sudden, his buddy became an alien. What do you mean you want free food and books? I'm like, dude, you're studying all this science stuff? And I'm like, so I'm doing it, I'm studying spiritual science. He's like, and he's like, that's over my head, man. I just can't. He's like, I can't wrap my head around it. And the funny thing is, is now, like I said, he's got world famous podcast. He's lecturing all over the country, just about pure chemicals and science and medical stuff. And he's very wow. brilliant in his lane, right? But it's funny, like how he went one way, I went the other. And it's just like, one hmm. of these days, I will try and wrangle him in and get him on and people freak out uh, when when the stories come out, but it's, it's cool. He yeah. should come, it's nice. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I think we've kind of g- gone around this, the the bandwagon here. I think uh we should we should, you know, conclude with with the main theme. Like we have to we as a society, we as a group, we as this little tribe that is here around this this Shaping Spirit podcast, we have to take our spiritual life seriously. We have to build our muscles on a daily basis, whatever that means for us individually. Um we have to remember that, you know, um, our the spiritual dimension, our consciousness, our spiritual consciousness really is the backbone of our of our happiness, of our satisfaction in life, of our peace of mind. Yes, and um, and we gotta yeah, we gotta in a holistic, intelligent, you know, uh, healthy way. We gotta you know, pump those uh, those
1: weights. <laughs> Agreed. Right. Yeah. What What would you add? I would say. Be realistic with your goals and your expectations and remember a good measurement a good measuring stick is your humility the more you acknowledge you don't know the more you're growing and the more satisfaction you get in giving the more you're growing spiritually Hmm. so those are those are the two things I, I would say right there that measurement of humility wow I don't know that much i need to learn more right and getting satisfaction in giving giving to others helping others really ex- and extending compassion and empathy to all those in need that's that but measure yourself just take your time with it we're playing the long game here i've seen too many people where they're like very rigid in their spiritual practice and they're new right they're like three months in, six months in, they're standing up straight. They got uh, very unique headstands or they're practicing certain prayers and stuff like this. And they're like going, well, I'm better at this because look, I can do this for three hours straight. I'm like, good luck with that, buddy. Let's see how long you last. Hmm. And inevitably, you know, six months later, a year later, whatever, they're gone. They're just gone, they're just out. Yeah, I wasn't interested anymore, I fell off because they went too intense all at once, you have this burst of enthusiasm and that intensity wanes, right? Measure your expectations. I don't have good days in the gym every day. There's days that I suck. There's days I suck on the mat when I'm teaching and my body's all creaking and aching, And but I'm measuring growth over time. Hmm. So if we really kind of measure our growth over time, be patient with your growth, start small. Don't pick up a hundred pound weight in the gym and go here. I'm just going to curl this. No, you pick up a two-pound weight. Let me see how I can do it with proper form, form and function. So, med- so practice your spiritual building your spiritual muscles with the same intentions, form and function. Be careful with what you're doing. Find good guidance. Hang out with us here, at Shaping Spirit Podcast, right? And uh, you know, just have good people around you that will uplift you and be proud of you and happy for your your path and not try and detract you because those are the type of, of nut cases you don't want in your life. Avoid the toxicity, avoid the psychic vampires and let's have fun growing together. Awesome. Love it. Okay, guys. Well, listen,
0: if you, have a, if you want to write to us, we're at Podcast at gmail.com. And um, remember, as we
1: always say, <laughs> right? What's our, what's our slogan? We got two things. One, you are not your body. Two, you are not matter, but we all matter. Awesome. Love it.
0: All right, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. All the best.